I never really focused on being the first black female. Someone literally had to sit me down and like shake me and was like, do you really know what you did? Do you know the history that you just made? And after that, I started to say, oh, wow, you know, this is uh, this is bigger than myself. You know, yeah. this is impact that really touched my my spirit after that. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, Square Pegs, you tune in to the Black and Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Dale. Thank you for joining me here for today's episode. I appreciate each and every last one of you. Let me remind you, please, first, like and subscribe to the show on the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or whatever podcast platform you hear me right now. And uh, make sure you click on that icon bell on the YouTube channel so you don't miss any new content that I drop. Also, check out the Black and Blue Podcast social media pages. You can find us on Black and Blue US on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're all over the place, just not TikTok yet. Today's guest is a 21-year veteran of the Hollandale Beach Police Department in Hollandale Beach, Florida. Everyone, please help me welcome in Captain Roshana Dabney Donovan. How you doing there? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you are out in Florida, South Florida. How's things shaping out today out there in Florida? They're shaping up really well. I'm looking out on my beautiful patio and it is a bright and sunny day down here. Yes. Nice. Same out, out here in SoCal. So we are blessed. We talked off air about what's going on out there in in uh, in Texas. Prayers going out to everybody affected out there in Texas right now. So it, it's a hard time exactly. for them, but uh, we are blessed to be <laughs> out in California and Florida, where where today at least everything's calm. You guys got to deal with the hurricanes, though. Does that happen pretty much out there in Florida a lot? Yes, yes. Yeah. Every season we have to prepare for hurricane season. And it runs basically from June to November. Um, And we've had some hurricanes that have been devastating. 1992, I believe it was Hurricane Andrew. Um, And so every year we just have to buckle down and ensure that or hope and pray that, you know, nothing is as bad as Hurricane Andrew was. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's one thing, you know, I can't deal with hurricanes. I know people say, you know, I don't know how you live in California. You guys got earthquakes, but our earthquakes are like once every 10, 15 years, you know, the, the last big, big one oh, was wow. like in the 90s, you know, the Northridge earthquake that you hear about where everything toppled mm-hmm. and we haven't had a big one since, you know, then I was like in the 90s, you know, you'll have them every now and then, you know, when we have people visit from out of town and we have a little shaker, they're like, oh, I got to go. It was like, that, that was nothing. They didn't even wake me up. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, I mentioned you are a uh, a captain with the Hallandale Beach Police Department. Uh, for those of us that don't know exactly where that's situated, why don't you tell everybody? So Hallandale Beach is a city of 4.2 square miles, and we are in between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Those are the major cities that most everyone is familiar with. Okay. We are the first city just into Broward County um, after Aventura and it goes into like Hollywood, Dania Beach. So there's like a little few little cities in between Miami and for Lauderdale. But for reference, that's where we are situated. Okay. What's what's the population of uh, Hallandale Beach? About 33,000. 33, okay. Okay. Yes. And then it fluctuates throughout the year because we have what we call snowbirds. Yeah. And so those <laughs> are the northerners that come down <laughs> during the winter months to get mm-hmm. away from you know, um, environment yeah. that's, that they have to deal with in New York and Canada. So, right. Right. What's, what's the, uh, like the ethnic, uh, breakdown, the demographics of Hallandale beach. I haven't looked at the census, uh, recently. Um, but it's mostly, um, Caucasian, um, okay. Hispanic. We have a good mix of, um, Caucasian and, and Hispanic, and then comes the African American community, and then you know Asian other. Right, right. And, and how large is your department? Our department is about, I want to say, like thirty-four, thirty-five civilians, and mm-hmm. right now we are slated for about one hundred and two sworn officers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, and does it kind of mirror the community there as far as the, the population and, and the departments kind of mirror that? Yeah, they kind of mirror each other. Yes. Great. Great. And you've been there 21 years, so you've seen a lot of changes. It did. Uh, was that your first and only department? My first and only department. I started in 1999 as a community service aide. Um, mm-hmm. My mother an article in the newspaper that a city called Hallandale Beach was hiring. And I was like, I don't even know where that is. <laughs> even though I was born and raised in South Florida, I never really heard about Hallandale Beach. So I was working at the time at a college called Barry University. And I was an administrative assistant for the physician's assistant program. So I didn't like my job. I wanted to quit. I wanted to get away. Um, Single mother at the time, needing um, more stability, you know, in order to raise my son. So I applied and I got hired. Excellent. Excellent. You've been there ever since. Best best decision you made, huh? Yeah, best decision. Yeah, yeah. What sort of stuff have you done? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) What, What sort of stuff have you done there? Assignments. So I started off as a community service aide. And for those who don't know, um, they're the civilians that work like in the light blue shirts. So I used to, you know, write tickets, respond to accidents, you know, do a lot of administrative work. We had to fingerprint any of the suspects that the officers brought into our holding cell, um, respond to delayed calls for service. So um, did that for about 11 months 
And then in 2000, I was hired to become a police officer. So in that aspect, I worked the road for a couple of years and then I was chosen to work in our vice intelligence and narcotics squad. So I did okay. that for about yeah. four and a half years. And then I went back to the road for a few years. Um, I had some light duty assignments, which opened up my eyes to the administrative um, aspect of policing. So I worked in um, records, the front desk, accreditation. And after that, I decided, you know what? I kind of want to promote. So let me try my hand at this, you know, sergeant's thing. So um, got promoted to sergeant and I worked for the road as a sergeant, and I also worked for um, the community involvement unit as well. And I got placed in the eternal affairs unit. And then I said, well, let me try my hand at promotion again. <laughs> so I tested for the position of captain. And once I was promoted, I went back down to the road for a few years. And now I am in professional standards. All right. And professional standards, is that more like uh, hiring? And what, what does that entail? Well, we do accreditation, training, internal affairs, and I also have the body-worn cameras. Okay. And what is accreditation? What, what does that entail? Accreditation is, so it is a division that requires um, all of our police department um, employees to follow a set of standards. We are under the commission of the Florida Accreditation, and that is a group of um, law enforcement individuals that ensures that we are follow following policies and procedures you know, within our agency. And so every three years, we have to go in front of a board to ensure that our standards are being met um, at 100 percent capacity. Nice, nice. All right. So uh, after after captain, what's, what's the next step? The next step for my agency is deputy chief and then chief. Oh, OK. All right. Any aspirations there for yourself? Sure. I kind of juggle with that. Um, I'm in, I just entered the drop in July uh, last year. And so I have about four, four and a half more years. Um, if the opportunity becomes available, um, then that probably would be something that I would um, consider greatly and welcome the opportunity. Um, but it just all yeah. depends on, you know, what the Lord has for me. So yeah, we'll see. No doubt. No doubt. Now you say you have uh, four and a half more years. Is it is that like a uh, a standards for promotion in your department? You have to do what three to five years in, in in each stop before you can be looked at for the next one. Is that how that works? Not necessarily. I ha literally have four and a half more years before I'm done. Oh, like, before I'm you're done, done. done. <laughs> I got you. Before I got I'm you. Done. Yeah, you before know, you done, done, complete. Yeah. Done, okay. Done, so. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in that same boat. Yeah, so four for me, and cool. I'm I'm pulling the shoot, and and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling the shoot. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's been a good career, and I'm sure it's been a good career for you. But uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of lot a lot of changes uh, over the years. Mm -hmm. um, I know you mentioned that you were the first uh, female 
in your department to promote to uh, certain ranks and the first African-American uh, female as well. Uh, why don't you talk about some of those, yes. those steps for yourself? Um, so I remember when I went to interview for the position, for the position of community service aid, the police officers that worked at the time were asking me, you sure you don't want to be a police officer? And I was like, nah, no, I'm scared of guns. I don't want to die. You know, I just don't want to be a police officer. But as I continued working, you know, as a, as a CSA, I was like, this may not be so bad. You know, um, I think I can do this and never really thought about the significance of what my hiring would be. Um, so I never really focused on being the first black female. Someone literally had to sit me down and like shake me and was like, do you really know what you did? Do you know the history that you just made? And after that, I started to say, oh, wow, you know, this is uh, this is bigger than myself. You know, yeah. this is impact that really touched my my spirit after that. And so, um, you know, I just started preparing for the next steps after that. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be in the, in the position that I'm in. Yeah. In, in this position, have you been able to, to help others behind you, other, other females, other African-American females coming behind you at, for one, just to get on the department. Uh, but two, once they're there, kind of promote through the ranks as well, or at least get different assignments or. So I, try to be a mentor to females of all backgrounds, not yes. just African Americans. And so I do have um, some ladies that, you know, I do mentor and I have helped with recruiting. And so um, I have helped recruit a female in recent years. So um, it's been, it's been a great opportunity to understand that it's not just African Americans but it's females in general. Times mm-hmm. um, to understand that not enough African American females are applying, you know, for these positions, um, or even to get into law enforcement. So yeah. that's just something that we have to have to work on. Yeah, I mean, you got to be intentional to to want to actually go out and recruit females. And, uh, you know, like uh, someone has said before, you know, females are, you know, half the population, maybe half of our police departments need to be females as well. Uh, what, what are some of the challenges you had, you know, coming up being a female? I know uh, you mentioned that you were a, a single mom uh, when you first started out, uh-huh. and uh, I'm sure that had its its troubles and, and challenges as well. Talk about that. So being a single mother in law enforcement, it was challenging. And I will say that I remember cutting my time short in the vice and intelligence and narcotics unit because at the time, my son wasn't doing well in school. And I think it was because of the hours that I worked, you know, the late nights I had to be called out, um, the the late nights that I was, you know, working undercover. So he wasn't getting that stability of having me around. Now, my family has been a huge support. Um, my parents who are both still alive, my sister, um, you know, they really helped out when I first started um, in law enforcement. They would babysit and ensure that, you know, he was taken care of. So 
Um, being a single mother, um, even though it had its challenges, I did have have some help. Um, and so I tried not to let that get in the way, you know, of my home life and my professional life because I wanted my right. son to see his mom was doing especially in a male dominated environment, you know, um, there, there has been some experiences, um, that were negative as it related to, you know, my gender, but you just, you, you overcome, you know, you, you really focus on what your mission is and what your purpose is. And you continue progression and you continue moving forward. So no matter what challenges I faced, I always tried to look at the positive side and the bigger picture, and I just kept going. Yeah, yeah. Keep pushing forward, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my motto. Yeah. Keep pushing yeah. forward. Keep pushing forward. And then uh, I'm sure it was tough on your on your son as well. Not only because your your mom is is you know, it's, it's dangerous out there for for police officers in general, and he had to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what what's his feelings about mom being a being a cop today? Oh, he's very proud. Um, I think that he's probably prouder than most more more than anybody because he's been with me from the beginning. You know, yeah. um, now I have three others added to the to the group. Um, you know, they're they're very proud. My children do support me and my fiance supports me. My parents still support me. You know, my sister still supports me. So there's never any one day or one moment that I don't feel any of their love and encouragement and support. So they're very, very proud. No doubt. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, 2020 was a, was a crazy, (laughs) crazy year to say the least. Yes. Um, and you know, one of, one of the reasons why was, was COVID, uh, how, how did the COVID affect your city and your department? It did affect our, our city and our, and our department. Um, what I really liked most about what our city did as a whole was come together and have weekly meetings and updates um, as it related to the virus and how many, you know, cases there were and making sure that we got the proper equipment, um, you know, so that our officers were protected, making sure that they had training making sure that they had access to um, all the equipment that was necessary at the time. And for us to continuously be informed as to how how it was not just affecting us down here, but everyone else across the country um, was was different. And and I really um, respected that that we had um, that information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did, did anyone in your department, uh, get, get affected by COVID-19? I, I know, uh, people have, have caught it mm-hmm. everywhere, but did you have any casualties, mm-hmm. any serious illnesses, hospitalizations because of it? No, Good. thank goodness. Good. Oh, yes. Not yes. Wood, not wood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Right. No, we did not have any casualties. We did not have any casualties. So yes. thank goodness uh, for that. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. Um, what, what about the vaccines? Is, has it made a way, made its way down to, uh, your neck of the woods? I believe from the last information that we received, we're next in line down here. Um, you know, elderly, uh, 65 and older healthcare workers, you know, um, were the first to obtain, obtain okay. the vaccine. Okay. I was going to say, you don't put yourself in elderly category. <laughs> 
No, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that they're yeah, the, yeah. They're, they're the group that were were able to receive yeah. the vaccine first. Not uh, not first responders, huh? Not yet. Oh wow! Not yet. Um, not from the information that I received. Not we we don't have. It's not yeah. available at least for for us yet. Um, I believe it should be pretty soon though. Hopefully so that, uh, you know, everyone that can that wants to be vaccinated can get vaccinated. And those that don't, uh, you know, at least us vaccinated people can help out with that herd immunity, as they call it. And then we can all get back to normalcy because there's, there's a bunch of stuff I'm missing. <laughs> concerts for one. I, I miss so concerts. Wait, you, you miss concerts? Oh, okay. I miss concerts. Yes. I miss going to concerts. Specifically, hmm. specifically New Edition. Whenever they whenever oh. they come around, yes, that's that's my that's the concert. So they yeah, are my yeah. favorite. New edition, yes. mm-hmm. boys, men, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of those those nineteen eighties, you know, early nineties. Yeah. I mean, those groups for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the wife and I would do. We do those. Uh, BET has a as a tour that they go around called the BET Rewind, and they bring those you know New Edition and a bunch of those those groups out next and. And uh, you know all the all the girl groups from okay. Black and and all them. So we, we hit that uh-huh. every time when they uh-huh. go to Staples, they come down to Staples and oh and wow, yeah, we're there. So I'm sure I'm sure it, it's a tour. So I mean, it hasn't been going on since COVID, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Miss, no, we're that. more famous down here for um, down here in Miami. We're more famous for Jazz in the Gardens. So yeah. okay. they're different performing act groups that come. You know. Um, big open um it's, it's at the stadium so there is a big open um group and you know they have food and you know the performances go on and it's about a three-day event so that's yeah. a huge thing down yeah see Miami. see don't you don't you miss all that don't you miss all that no. i mean just you don't <laughs> well no. you, well you don't miss not working it but you know just going out and just you know concerts or 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 movies no. Yeah, you don't miss movies, the movies. Huh? Yes, I'm yeah. not. I'm. I've always been more of an introvert than anything else, and oh, really? so I can hang out with the family. Um, yeah, we sure. do enjoy, you know, movies and dinner, you know, stuff like that. But anywhere yeah. with like large gatherings, yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm okay. Not no. So, so you don't go to the Heat games or the Dolphins or. You know, so do that, I huh? try to hit one of those every year, but that's it. I can handle one, maybe <laughs> two, but I, I don't go every week. I don't go to multiple games. Well, sure, yeah. you know? well it's too expensive yeah. to go every week. Let me tell you, at least out here in L.A. Yeah. It's going true, to those, but there are those people, games. there are fans. Those there yeah, are fans yeah, that yeah. you know every single game they're there and trust me I'm I'm a Miami girl so I love the Dolphins I love the Hurricanes okay the Keys, yeah you know all that but um, I can cheer for them at home right before uh, before LA's uh, football got back in the mix me and my boys used to go down to San Diego a lot and sometimes we didn't even go in the stadium we just park you know just go out in the parking lot and tailgate and, mm-hmm. and watch the games mm-hmm. we set up TVs and I mean I missed that I missed that but I digress <laughs> I digress okay yeah yeah <laughs> so uh you know Helen yeah, yeah. <laughs> not you not you all right well I I I'll take that up for the, for the both of us how about that okay when, when it comes back when it comes back so Hallandale Beach um 
you know, like I said, another thing that that affected all of us in law enforcement uh, this past 2020 was uh, BLM, specifically with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all those other incidents that happened in 2020 and before that. How did any of those events affect your your city and your department? They didn't have a major effect on us. We probably had two or three small protests. They did not get out of hand. They weren't violent or, you know, anything like that. Um, so it, it was more of a personal effect than, you know, um, a community effect. Not to say that us as a community weren't affected, but they it did, you know, for Lauderdale and Miami, those bigger cities. Yeah, yeah. How did it affect you personally when, when, when you, let, let's say the, uh, the George Floyd incident, when you saw that coming across your screen, across your timeline, what, what, what were your thoughts going through your head? Um, I had a lot of thoughts and um, I don't think anybody in law enforcement could sit here and agree that what happened and it was not okay. In my opinion, that was a murder that happened live on television. And it's unfortunate that that situation did occur because then um, <clears throat> everything that happened after that, it seemed, it put a target on law enforcement officers who really are out here doing the right thing and serving the community and you know, uh, treating people well and, you know, making sure that when we put on our uniforms, we're upholding our oath. So, yeah, George Floyd, even now, it's, I, I'm, yeah. it, it, it upsets me even, even to this day. It upsets me to this day. Yeah, yeah. And it just played out, like you said, live on television. It was right there for everybody to mm -hmm. see. And uh, mm -hmm. we, we all know as black people, you know, things like that have, have been happening, you know all the time for, for years and years and, and then uh, kind of shocked the consciousness when it was out there uh, to be seen for everybody live this time. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's gotta be some, some changes and, and police reform. That, that's the new, the new word, uh, reimagining and defunding and all those sorts of things. What are your thoughts on, on those? Hmm. Defunding the police. Um, honestly, we don't have enough funds. You know, um, <laughs> right. You, you know, we don't have enough funds to do the things that we need to do. Um, and I'm talking about as a whole. I'm not talking about for a city of Houndell Beach. I'm just saying, you know, um, for trainings and, and, and more equipment. And, you know, we're the ones that everybody calls to respond to everything. We have to respond to the mentally challenged. We have to respond to juveniles. We respond to deaths. We respond to dom domestic violence. So we are pulled in various directions and, you know, we are not upholding, just upholding the law. We're counselors, we're teachers, you know, we do everything from sunup to sundown. And there is a lot that is asked of us. And so we do need more help. We do need more training. We do need more money. Now, maybe an allocation of sources as far as the community is concerned, would be a better term for that. You know, right. um, I just don't like the term defunding the police. Yes. Yes. So that, that's on it. 
And, and I think, and and I'm hoping that that's what they mean when they see say defunding the police. That that was the wrong term that they, that they came out with. Uh, yeah. Know. But when yeah. I when I'm hearing, yeah, when I'm hearing them explain it, it, it it's more along the lines of uh, reshifting or reallocating some funds, not all funds. Um, but on the flip side, you know, they also say police officers need to be trained. Well, training training ain't free, right? So, you know, if you're shifting these funds away from from departments that need to be trained, you know, how are they going to get that training? Exactly. And training is so important from the time we uh, set foot in that police academy until the time we retire. We should be constantly training. It should never be a once a year thing. It should be throughout the year continuously. I'm a 21 year veteran and I still um, learn. I still have a lot to learn. And so oh, yeah. training is essential. It is essential to um, law enforcement agencies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes trainings get laxed because, you know, there's no funding or what have you, you know. Um, and, and we got to think of innovative ways in our own departments to do it in-house um, for free, you know, a lot of online stuff. And, and that's one, I wouldn't say a good thing, but <laughs> that's the thing that came out of, of covid a lot of businesses, a lot of uh, organizations learned how to do things virtually now. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of our trainings mm-hmm. are done virtually now. So maybe that maybe that'll help with uh, with training, you know? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, we're in an age now where technology is huge. So yeah. there are various platforms in, um, to utilize in order to get, you know, trainings into um, organizations. So, yes, we have done a lot, um, some virtual trainings. I've attended a lot of virtual trainings. We've done trainings through our Power DMS system. So there are a multitude of ways to to learn, um, yeah, and and obtain yeah. knowledge. So one thing I want to see though is, uh, uh, you know, there's there's trainings on you know maybe how to how to track an IP address or you know all those sorts of things can be done uh, uh, virtually, yeah. but. <laughs> But how do you do, you know, like, say, defensive tactics or how do you do uh, de-escalation virtually? Uh, I'm sure that's tough because you're not hands on. You can't really uh, deal with the with the scenario online or can you? I mean, it's kind of tough. That's what our kids are learning as well. It's kind of tough to do a lot of this virtual learning. But, you know, it's the it's the new age and we got to we got to adapt. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have two young ones that are still in school and virtual learning is hard. I mean, I look yeah. at some of their stuff like uh, I don't I, I can't help. <laughs> I have no <laughs> I yeah, have no yeah. clue what this is. I have yep. no clue what your teacher is trying to, to get you to explain. But I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to help you. Right. If you get a D or a C on your project, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but. You're right. You know, and we have, you know, thank goodness, like, you know, we have an agency that has a training simulator. So, you know, um, we're able to go into the training simulator room, you know, and play out scenarios on the big screen, uh, you know, try to try to see um, how we will react to different um, scenarios and things that are thrown our way. So, you know, um, if agencies are able to afford something like that, that would also aid in the system um, in their training as well. Yeah, no doubt. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, you know, going back to the kids and, and helping them out with uh, with their homework, this, this new math. Uh, what was wrong with the old math? Nothing. Nothing. Yes. Yeah, one plus one was, was still two. 
Right. I was never good at math. Like, seriously, I took statistics three times in in college because I failed, you know, the first two. Um, But I I have no idea. I have no idea why the school system decided to change things up. Things were just, I mean, we we graduated just fine, right? So, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Well, I don't know. But uh good thing, you know, like I said, math wasn't my strong suit either, either but I got through that pretty pretty well. Um doing business business majors in in, in college, but uh English, English is my forte, uh, writing, creative writing, mm-hmm. speaking, all that type of yes. stuff. So hopefully that never changes. We're going to have to new English or <laughs> if, the, you know, if that, if that new happens. Grammar, yeah. Yeah. yeah, new no. grammar is like, no, nah, no, nah, let's just stick with the <laughs> what we got already. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So when you're not working, what what sort of stuff you get into? I know you, uh, you're an avid uh, workout person. Is that correct? I am. I, the doctor actually called me an athlete like a month ago. So I was like, well, I don't play basketball professional or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, he explained if a person is working out to the, um, to the level that you're actually doing it, um, on a regular day, I work or on a regular week, I work out like four to five times a week. But now I'm participating in this program called 75 Hard, where you have to work out twice a day. <laughs> so it's kind of upped my game a little bit. But wow. um, I love to work out. I love spending time, you know, with my family, you know, celebrating together birthdays and and just life and, and being together Um Traveling, I love to travel. Um, unfortunately, can't do a lot of that. Yeah, you know, see? another, another thing we're talking about, we miss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I miss, I miss on an airplane and, and going somewhere. Um, you know, um, reading. I love to read. Um, I love writing. You know, I'm, I'm an avid writer, so you know, things like that help me pass yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now that we're all together in this in this age of COVID in the house on a lot of these lockdowns, hopefully, you know, they're starting to loosen them up. But uh, before then we were all together cooped up in one place and hopefully mm-hmm. uh, your relationship with your, with your family grew. And I know a lot of relationships they didn't, they call them, you know, COVID bro- breakups. <laughs> <laughs> they sick of, you know, sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. This is, wait, can you see, this is the family here. So we're all still together. We're all still here. We, you know, my, my older two children, um, they still live in the home, so we're not kicking them out anytime soon. They can stay as long as they want, you know? So yeah, we're all still together. Yeah. It's just like that shirt. That's black excellence, excellence right there. That's right. Yeah. Black yeah. Get, get, get the family, the family. That's what we got to get back to. I, I know, uh, a lot of that uh, has has kind of fallen by the wayside over the years uh, in this American culture. My uh, my my wife is Hispanic, and in in her culture, you know, uh, taking care of your elders is is one thing mm-hmm. you, you must do. You must do. Mm-hmm. Um, so her her mom is always with us, and <laughs> sometimes when we mm-hmm. go on on vacations, her mom is with us. And <laughs> no, I, I love I love her mom, but. You, you know, you know how that goes, but uh, you you got to take care of your I, elders. I <laughs> yeah, because my fiance is Colombian, and yes. so um, in the Hispanic culture, from 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 what I experienced, they're very close. I mean, it's almost like every weekend is a celebration of something, you know, yeah. or just a gathering something. And um, that takes some uh, some getting used to, but it's cool because his family is really sweet. 
His parents are awesome. Siblings are awesome. So, and um, his nieces and nephews. So we all get along. We all love each other. Um, They don't come on vacations with us, but, um, (laughs) you know. uh, (laughs) I recommend it. I recommend it. We, we are very close. Now, I got to um, pick up on my Spanish now because while I can understand mm-hmm. most of it, I'm not able to converse. So yeah. I need to really buckle down and, and learn how to speak Spanish. Yep. Yep. Same here. You know, we're both in these uh, uh, Spanish immersed communities in, in Florida, South Florida and, and Southern California. And uh, mm-hmm. you got to you got to know these languages. So at least to, yes. enough to get by. You know, enough when, when you yes. work and say, Mano Sariba, you know, <laughs> you, you got to know more than that, right? I agree. I you got to know more than that. All right. So uh, what's uh, what's on the on the plans on the on the scoreboard for uh, Rashana Dabney coming up in the next five years? I know you're going to be retired. You said you got four and a half. What, what What's the future look like for you? I'm leaving my future open. I think that there's a realm of possibilities and opportunities that will present themselves. I, as of late, have been really um, wanting to go back to my first love, which is acting. So I'm trying to see how that will work for me. Um, I I have some reservations about it, but I'm I, I'm I'm kind of thinking about you know, trying to try my hand um, at acting professionally. And if not, then, you know, if something becomes available um, administratively for law enforcement, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, I do have an organization that I head with my fiance. We founded Crossing Blue Bridges Incorporated. And that is an organization where we are bridging the gap between law enforcement and the community. So pre-COVID, you know, we were visiting schools and making sure that, you know, we were visible, you know, dealing with the youth and after school programs, you know, we were making sure that they had food and, and we would accompany them on their field trips so that they can see the positive side of law enforcement. So if that takes off, you know, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna want to grow that. So there's a couple of possibilities that that I have that I, I can get into. So all right, yeah, all right. Best best of luck on that because we we need more uh, positive influences out there for law enforcement. And uh, however we can bridge that gap, you know, we we need every every hand on deck, all hands on deck for that, right? Agreed, especially nowadays because it's so difficult. You know, when you have instances like. George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor, you know, now, now it seems like people look at us more with a side eye, you know, mm-hmm. than arms. And it's, I, I think it's gotten a little bit tougher, um, at least from my experience. I'm only talking about my experience, um, but hopefully we'll get back to, you know, um, people trusting us a little bit more and knowing that we're coming with pure hearts and, and we only want the best for, for you, not the worst for you. So. Right. Right. And and that comes with the, and some intention that on our part, we got to go out there and, and engage, um, and not be defensive when when people are talking about you know the police, uh, you know there's there's got to be some trepidation. Who who wants to be talked about all the time in a negative light, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. you know so we got to be thick skinned. Yeah, that, that's what they say. How law enforcement is be thick thick skinned and uh, uh, 
and just just roll with it and and take those suggestions and and roll with it and come up with better solutions. And hopefully, we could do all that together, right? I agree. It takes it takes an entire community. What what do they say? It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village. So, yeah, it takes a, a village. It takes an entire community. It can't just be one sided. We all have to want to work this out and we all have to want to work together to, to see efficient and effective change. And that's still my hope, regardless of what's going out in the nation and in the world. That's still my hope, you know, is to, is to create effective and positive change. All right. I'm, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. We, let's just keep pushing, keep pushing forward like we both right. we said earlier, right? All right, Captain. I I appreciate the the talk today. This is this is real fun. Got some good uh, insight on you and what you don't like, which is crowds. You you don't like nope. concerts, don't and like nope. I, I guess you can. I'm seriously that person, and this is pre-COVID. And hand to the Lord, if someone sneezed in an aisle in a grocery aisle, and I'm coming down that aisle, I would literally back up and hit the other aisle because I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, you know, or if someone's standing in line too close to me at the bank, I'm like, I just feel, you know, it, it's just, it's just, I feel trapped, and mm-hmm. they, they're trying, you know. So I don't like crowds. I don't feel comfortable when people sit next to me in the movie theater. I have to get up and have like at least like one seat in between us. So yeah, right. I've always been, and it's nothing offensive toward anybody else. That's just my own quirk and. Yeah. yeah so. Well, all right. Well, yeah. you, you you can enjoy the concerts and the movies from home, and then when they open <laughs> back up, uh, I'm a big movie buff. Uh, you could you could tell behind me here all these uh, characters behind me. I'm oh, a big uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm a big uh, movie buff as far as you know that's superhero really cool. movies, superhero movies, and all that. So when they open up, that's that's I'm I'm gonna be in there. So that let's, let's do this. Soon. I'll be in the let's matinee. I'll be in the matinee <laughs> when there's less people. Like ah, no before, doubt. For- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So uh, before I let you go, though, uh, I do have a game to play with you, a trivia game. And this game is called Black or Blue, 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 Black or Blue. All right. This game is called Black or Blue. And your category today is called Look, Ma, I'm on TV. Look, Ma, I'm on TV. That's going to be television characters. I'm going to give you a name of a TV character and you tell me, is that character a black civilian? Is that character a blue? uh, uh, Let me give you some examples here. So if I were to say Olivia Pope, you would say black because she's not a cop, right? She's from Scandal. Correct. So you would say black. If I were to say Brenda Lee Johnson, you would say blue because she is a cop, but she's not black. Okay. Black or blue. But if I were to say Anita Van Buren, you'd say black and blue because she's black and a cop. All right, you got that? Black, blue, or black and blue. All right, we'll we'll get you through this. Here's here's your first one. Don't embarrass me now. Don't embarrass me. I'll try not to. How about Olivia Benson? Olivia Benson. Hopefully you watch TV. Olivia Benson, I don't know who that is. Um, take take a so stab at it. Black, blue, or black and And say black. Uh, uh, you would be wrong. That's uh, Olivia Benson from Law and uh, Order SVU. She is blue. I don't watch that show. <laughs> Come on. 
All right. How about you, Dexon here? How about Lydia Adams? Oh, really? Lydia Adams? You got to know this one. This is a this is our queen. Just mm. this, this is this is our girl. She's she's getting all the accolades right now. But you, I mean, that's the actress. That's the actress. You don't know the uh, take take a stab. Take a stab. I, I, don't, I don't know the the name. Um, yeah. I'll yeah. You don't know the name. Black and blue. Ah, see, you, you guessed that right. Oh. Black and blue. Oh, that's played by cool. Regina King on the show Southland. I don't know if you ever watched yes. that. I was I was that was a good show. I did. I yeah. did. I, I don't remember her name being Lydia, but yes. <laughs> that was her name. All right. All right. We got you that one. We got you that one. How about your next one here? How about Dee Dee McCall? Dee Dee McCall. Hmm. Dee Dee McCall. Um, black. Oh, sorry. Yeah. She is blue from Hunter. Oh, I don't know if you Hunter. ever watched that show back in the 80s. Remember Dee Dee? <laughs> I was little, but yeah, yeah. I, heard, I remember some of it. Yeah, reruns, reruns. It's Nick at Night. No, no. All right, this this is gonna be rough. Then we only got a few yeah, more. Here. I, only a few more here for you. Only a few more for you. See, that was played by Stephanie okay. Kramer on Hunter. How about uh, Rainbow Johnson? She is black. She is black. Yes. From the show Blackish, played by Tracy Ellis Ross. All right. How about Lola Carmichael? Lola Carmichael. I don't know. Uh, come on. Um. <laughs> Take a stab. Just you got three choices. Black and blue. Black and blue would be incorrect. She is uh, from All Rise, that TV show where she's a judge. So she's in law, but not as a law enforcement officer. All right. Never seen that show. <laughs> Me neither, but I, I've seen the commercials. How about Rosalind <laughs> Russell? Rosalind Russell. They called her Roz on this on this show. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Um. Roz. <laughs> um. Roz, I guess she's black. Um, is she a law enforcement officer? I don't know. Um, but I'll say black and blue. Ah, see, you'd be guessing correct. Okay. And I don't know if you remember Night okay. Court. Marshall War Marshall uh -huh. Warfield, yeah, that was her, Rosalind uh -huh. Russell. All right, that that would be tough to remember that name. I know, but <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I had to kind of. Yeah. And if you notice the theme here, these are all females, correct? So far, Correct. right? Correct. All right. All right. So Correct. here we go. I like it. Here's your next one. How about Claudette Wims? Claudette Wims. Blue? Blue? She is blue, but she is also black and blue. Played by CCH Pounder on The Shield. Never saw The Shield. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. I never watched it. I heard it was a good show, though. I heard that was a. I heard it was good. I've never seen. I've never seen the show. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple more here for you. How about Kate Beckett? Kate Beckett. Kate. I'll say. Beckett. I'll say blue. She is blue. I'll give you a hint there. <laughs> I'll give you yes, that hint there. Thank you. That's a Stana. 
<laughs> me neither. State that's a Stana Kadic or Stana Kadic or whatever on the on the show castle. Two more here for you. Two more here for you. How about Lisa Turtle? Okay, so this was an easy one. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Uh, she is black. <laughs> she is black. <laughs> From Saved by the Bell, played by Lark Voorhees. <laughs> So I, I take it that you used to watch Saved by the Bell when you were younger? I did. You I did. did. I love right. that show. And rest in peace yes. to Dustin Diamond, who just passed away a couple weeks yes. ago. Yes, rest in peace. Yes. Yes. And your last one here, Desna Sims. Desna. Desna Sims is also black. She is also black. You know that show, huh? From Claws, yeah. played by Niecy Nash. <laughs> I think you pulled it out here on the end, so we're going to call you... <laughs> The winner. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, all right, you pulled it I out there it. in the end. <laughs> you, you pulled it out. All right, yeah, it was looking a little. It was looking bleak there for a minute. Yeah, it was looking bleak there pressure, for a minute. Under pressure. Yeah. Under pressure. Yes, you hit that last three-point shot at the buzzer, and it's game. <laughs> Yes, yes. That's a, was, was, what they say. Uh, shooters keep shooting. They could be, they could be one for forty, but they they gonna take that forty yeah, second shot, right? right? That's <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Captain. I, I appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Um, yes. Uh, just, thank you for having me. Yeah. Just keep pushing forward, and uh, whatever the future holds for you, I'm sure you'll do well, as as you have already. And uh, keep keep washing your hands and wet, and mask up, and and That's let's right. get through this this That's COVID. Right. All right. Great yeah, talking to you. Yeah, we'll get through it. Great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, and, and we forgot to mention, you, you you got a podcast as well, a podcast and a YouTube. Tell tell everybody about that real quick. Oh, I do. It's called Roshana Reveals, and I make it my mission to champion others to be the best versions of themselves. And hopefully I am inspiring them and empowering them to make a positive difference in the world. So I do little episodes as it relates to my ketogenic lifestyle journey, as it relates to family, as it relates to um, just life in general. And I just want to give a positive message of inspiration and motivation to everyone around me. And hopefully I leave an imprint on the hearts of everyone um, who I come across. So. All right. What's the name of that again? Roshana Reveals. Roshana Reveals. Check that out, everybody, yes. on uh, on YouTube, and she'll be right there. Thank All you. right. Cool, Thank cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. We'll talk soon. I appreciate you. Be safe. Thank you. I appreciate you as well. You be safe also. Thank you. All right. All right, all right, all right. That, Square Pigs, is it for this episode of the Black and Blue Podcast. I want to thank Captain Roshana Dabney Donovan of the Hallandale Beach, Florida Police Department for kicking in with me on this episode. Now you, Captain, are black excellence personified. If you out there enjoyed this episode, please make sure you like and subscribe to the Black and Blue Podcast on our YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. I'll be back right here in two weeks with another banging interview. Same black time, same black channel. Till then, stay black in blue. I'm out. Peace.
has been a Nature D Entertainment presentation.